Hi, this is Tony Allen with Signet4713.com Audio Gospel Way. Today's episode is titled, Jealousy Blinds. And the reading is going to come from 1 Samuel chapter 15, uh, verse 9, as it is written. But Saul and the people stop. All right. This is where everything went wrong with Saul when he included the people's voice and did not listen to what the father had instructed him. Now, the father instructed King Saul to go and destroy everything and everybody in this mission. Now, as it is written, he spared Agag, the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwillingly to utterly destroy them. So, he destroyed the things that he felt was unworthy of saving and saved all the things he had uh, thought that was of value to him, right? But the father had instructed him to destroy it all, all right? So as it is written, and were unwillingly to utterly destroy them, but everything despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. All right, so... He, he kept the good stuff that he thought in his own thinking and listening, listening to the people. Uh, he spared all these things, right? But the father had instructed him to destroy it all. All right, now watch this. In verse 10, now the word of the Lord came to Samuel. Now Samuel was anointed by God with the special gift of hearing his voice through visions and dreams. All right. And King Saul relied on Samuel for all the information that was being channeled to him through the father. All right. Now, verse 11. And the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. Wow. Greatly regret that he had anointed Saul as king over Israel. All right. Now, watch this. For he has turned back from following me. Now, this goes right back to verse 9, where it says, but Saul and the people. Now, what Saul did was he, he had these voices in his head, and he listened to the people and what they wanted. They wanted the spoil from that uh, victory that they had. All right. But the father said, destroy it all. Right. Now, watch this. For he has turned back from following me and has and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel. All right. Now, this is the father telling, talking to Samuel. And Samuel cried out to the Lord all night. Now, this bothered Samuel because Samuel was to relay all this information to King Saul. You know, so Samuel's like, oh, man, how am I going to explain this to Saul? Now, now, Samuel cried out all night to the Lord. All right. Trying to uh, hopefully... I guess, talk God out of, you know, doing what he wanted to do with Saul. But God was not hearing it, all right? But now think about it now. Samuel was crying out to the Lord for Saul, for King Saul, all night, all right? So he was deeply distressed. This, this worried him. He could not sleep, all right? Now, verse 12. So when Saul, so when Samuel arose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Camp Carmel, 
and indeed he set up a monument for himself all right now this is another thing that pissed god off now watch this after this victory and after saul did not follow through with everything that god had instructed he went to carmel and indeed he set up a monument for himself all right and has gone on around and passed by and gone down to Gilgal, all right? Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord, all right? Now, verse 14, but Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? There's question marks there. And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we, uh, we have utterly destroyed. All right, now, watch this now. Watch the words that Saul is using. All right, he's, he's, he's kind of throwing the people under the bus, but God, directly, he's, he's over Israel. God told him to destroy it all, right? Now, he's throwing the people under the bus. The people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen, but he's supposed to be in charge. He's supposed to be in charge, all right? Now, he goes on to say, to sacrifice to the Lord your God. Now, he's saying to the Lord your God, all right? Now, look at the words that Saul is using. He didn't say the Lord our God. He said the Lord your God to Samuel, all right? Now, watch this. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Now watch this, verse 16. Then Samuel said to Saul, be quiet. Now, remember now, when Jesus uh, walked on the earth, first thing he would tell like a demonic spirit to be quiet. He would use that because the words that was coming out of Saul's mouth at that point was coming from some other spirit, right? So, so now, now remember now, Samuel is anointed with God, and he had that spirit. He had the gift to hear God. All right, so this is why Saul always relied on him to be uh, to give him the messages from God. All right, now Samuel said to Saul. Now, now remember, remember now, Saul is the king. Be quiet. That's an exclamation, uh, exclamation point there. He's directing him. Be quiet. Now watch this, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. All right. And he said to him, speak on. All right. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribe of Israel? Question mark. And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? There's a question mark. Verse 18. Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed, right? Leave nothing. All right, verse 19. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Question mark. Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Question mark. All right, verse 20. And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And gone on the mission on which the Lord had sent me, and brought back Agag, king of Am Amalek. 
I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but he was supposed to destroy it all, right? So now he's trying to negotiate. You can't do that with the father. When the father says, do it this way, you do it exactly like he says. All right. Now, verse 21. But the people took the plunder. Now, he's throwing the people under the bus again. But he's the king of Israel. He's the king. He's in charge. They don't do anything unless you give them permission. All right. But he's 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 throwing blame. He's diverting responsibility and accountability. All right. Now watch this. Verse 21. But the people took the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best things of the best of the things, excuse me, which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord, your God in Gigal. Now he's saying your God again. Now, this is the king of Israel. He's been anointed by God. Now he's using these words. Right. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? So he's trying to show him, are you trying to say that it will be better for you to burn these things instead of being obedient? So you, you try to uh, reconcile yourself by doing these things. But he he he. he deliberately commanded him consume it all destroy it all all right now watch this behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to he than fat of rams so samuel's telling me that we're not hearing that god is not trying to hear that all right now verse 23 for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft now that i'm gonna stop right there for a second that is something that we do not really understand when we are rebellious. That is a demonic witchcraft spirit. It's not of God. Rebellion, um, it, 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 it takes you out of the will of what the Father wants. Witchcraft, they are in these mediums. These, these are the people that don't believe that there is a God, first of all. They think they have this power within them to uh, make things happen in this world. And in some cases, for those that believe that stuff, it works for them. But to no avail, eventually it all comes to ashes. All right. But let's get back on script. Verse 23 again. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as inequity and idolatry. Wow. So these two words, stubbornness and rebellion, look what look how God is referring these words to or the equivalents to. When you're rebellious, it's just like being in witchcraft. And when you're stubborn, is as inequity or sin and idolatry. All right? Now watch this. Because you have rejected the word of God. Now, we all know that. Jesus is the word of God. So Jesus was given these commands. All right. Jesus was always in existence. He just was not in the flesh at this point. All right. This is all coming from the old prophets, the old Testament. All right. But because you have rejected the word of, of the Lord, which is Jesus, he has also rejected you from being king. Wow. Just like that. All right. That, that one uh, incident of him not being obedient 
Jesus was like, okay, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? If you're not going to listen, I'm done. Now watch this. Verse 24, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. All right, now he's coming. He's for some. He's starting to understand now what is being said. Before he was just deflecting. He was throwing blame. He's throwing the people under the bus. You know, he's throwing all these people under the bus instead of him taking accountability. Now he's starting to take accountability. All right, I have sinned, for I have transgressed transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words. Because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Wow. That that right there is so much in that verse. And we today, we have people, we, all of us, we fall short from, for, from his glory by listening to other people instead of listening to the voice of the Lord. That's why you have to, you have to pull yourself away from everything and everyone and get to a quiet place so you can hear that still voice of the Lord. You know, because everybody's in your ear telling you, you need to do this, you need to do that. But are you listening to the Father? What he, what, what does he want for you? Because he wants the best. I mean, everybody else is still trying to figure it out. Who are you listening to? This goes back to the battle of words. Now, the enemy gets in your head and he uses people. You know, he uses people to, to, to divert the plans of the Father, to, 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 to derail everything that the Father wants to do, which is fruitful, all right, to have you condemned and kicked out and lose your blessings. Now, watch this. Now, this is Saul, King Saul. Now, he's the king. He is the king. Watch this. Verse 24, as it is written, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. All right, now he's now he's acknowledging. He's taking accountability now, but it's too late. He should have did that from the very beginning. Maybe Jesus would have had mercy on him, but he didn't. He's just diverted. Same thing that Adam did, diverted. It's the woman that you gave me that caused me to eat the apple, you know, and, and, and listen to that ungodly counsel. The, the same stuff repeats itself when you outside of the will of God. And you allow the world to dictate and tell you things outside of what the Father is saying. You're going to always lose. Now watch this. Verse 24. I'm going to read that again. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. Now Saul is, he's, 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 he's reality setting in. All right. Because he's obviously, if you can get the visual, Samuel's in front of him, like shaking his head, like you messed up. I mean, you messed up. God is not hearing it. Now he, Saul is seeing this. Saul's like, okay, I've sinned. He's, I, I, can't get, I can't escape this. I've sinned, I, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voices. What? You're supposed to be the king. How, <laughs> how did that happen? All right, all right, but let's go on, read on. Verse 25, now, therefore, Please pardon my sin. Now he's asking for mercy and return with me that I may worship the Lord. Now watch this. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you for you have rejected the word of the Lord. You have rejected Jesus and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. All right. Now watch this. 
he's been rejected from leading, you know, or ruling over Israel, but he still had anointing on him. And I'm, it's, it's, you'll see what I'm saying as we read on, because this is how King David referred to uh, King Saul. All right, now watch this. Verse 27. And as Samuel turned around to go away, Saul seized the edge of his robe. So Samuel basically was saying, I'm not trying to hear it no more. And he was walking away from him. Saul got angry and seized the edge of his robe and it tore. You know, that must have been some anger there. I mean, he just ripped it. <laughs> All right. Verse 28. So Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today, today. All right. And has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Wow. This, this, if you could imagine that conversation in that time, in that room or wherever it may have been, this was some tension there. All right. Now watch this. Verse 29. And also the strength of Israel will not lie or nor relent. All right. So just because you failed, God, he's going to get somebody else. All right. So here's the thing. Here's the message there. If you're not going to follow through with what God wants you to do, he's going to keep it moving. He's going to find somebody else who's willing to listen and do it to its fulfillment. All right. Not partially all the way through. All right. Now watch this. For he is not a man that he should relent. Now, we all know this is alluding to King David. All right, now verse 30. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now. So now, now Sammy has walked away. King Saul sees his robe and rips it and Samuel tells him the kingdom of Israel has left you today, all right? And it's going to be given to your neighbor. All right, now watch this. Now, Saul, he's still begging now. He's begging. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. Now, he's not saying our God. Look at the words he's still using. All right, so that spirit had been left. It's gone. It's left Saul. All right, now watch this. Verse 31. So Samuel turned back after Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Now watch. Now watch this. So there was a bit of mercy that went on right then. Because at, at that point, Samuel, Samuel was just, he just kept it moving. You know, but Saul was begging. He was begging and pleading at this point. Saul stopped and turned around turned back and allowed Saul to worship the Lord. So, all right, now watch this. This is why King David would not kill Saul, all right, because the Lord had mercy on him at this point. Now, he still took away his throne, basically, and was going to make King David the leader of the, uh, of the children of Israel. But Saul was fighting this to the very end. Now, watch this, 32. Then Samuel said, bring Agag, king of the Amalekites, here to me. So Agag came before him cautiously, and Agag said, surely the bitterness of death has passed. So 
he's begging for mercy at this point, right? But this is something King Saul should have done. All right? Now watch this. Verse 33. But Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Agag in pieces before the Lord and Gigal. And so instead of them sacrificing all the spoil that Saul allowed the people to take and, and, and make a sacrifice before the monument that he built. All right. Watch this. Samuel said, that ain't happening. Samuel hacked Agag in pieces before the Lord. So that was the sacrifice. It was not to the Lord, but it was something God wanted done by Saul. All right. So Samuel had to finish it off. All right. Now, verse 34. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house in, in Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. So Saul, uh, that he should have followed through. It was that particular mission that God sent him on to clean the slate and get all that wickedness and that evil from the earth and King Saul listened to the people and he lost the blessing all right now watch this now King David gets anointed at this point now the Lord said to Samuel how long will you mourn for Saul seeing I have rejected him from being for reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. All right, so the Lord kept it. He just moved on from that point. All right, and Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. All right, but the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. All right. So Samuel clearly heard uh, the voice of, of the father and the voice of Jesus. He clearly heard. They, he walked where he, he was in tune with the voice of the father. All right. Now verse four. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? All right. Because they knew Samuel, he walked with God. So it was almost like God was showing up. Right. And he said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. All right. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons. So he blessed Jesse and his sons. He made them holy, set apart for God. All right. And invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Elab and said, surely the Lord's anointed one is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, 
because I have refused him. All right. Now, this is the first one. God says, do not look at those things because that's not what I'm looking at. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. All right. So there's something to learn in that verse, too. When you're making a decision, those that are in leadership positions, don't don't allow what the physical attributes are when you're looking at someone, you know, and then reject those that you feel in your eyes are not worthy or don't fit the standards of the world. All right. So but God does not handle uh, us that way. He looks at the heart. All right, because it's yes and amen. And he's not look at, looking at your qualifications because all things channel through the Christ, through Jesus Christ. So when you're leaning to your own understanding, you're going to fail. You're not going to be a success. You might have some success, but you're not going to be, you're not going to have the success that the Father and the Holy Spirit will provide. This is what uh, God is saying to Samuel here. Do not look at those things. All right. Because that's not what I'm looking at. All right. Now watch this. Verse 8. So Jesse called Enadab and made him pass before Samuel. All right. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. All right. Now verse 9. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. All right. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. All right, now, so far, the father's saying, their heart ain't right. I, 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 they're not the chosen one. The, the, I'm not looking at what you're looking at. I don't see what you think you're seeing. Let's keep it moving. All right, now, and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. All right, so Samuel's like, what's going on? All right. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Is that all of them we pulled oil on? I mean, then he said, there remains yet the youngest. All right. So, so there was something kind of not right with this. All right. So <laughs> Jesse called seven of his sons, but he neglected to call David. What was going on with that? All right. So, <laughs> He, in, in Jesse's eyes, maybe he just figured he was too young, whatever it may have been. He didn't call King David. So King David was kind of like left out of this. All right. Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. So obviously he was outside. He was not called in. All right. He was kind of like uh, the left, the forgotten ones or you know, the ones that people choose to omit for whatever reason, you know, and, and a lot of us can relate to that where you're not picked in certain things. You know, you're the last person in that line and, and you're being passed by for whatever reason. And a lot of time it is a spiritual thing. All right. So if you're looking at the heart, uh, it's yes and amen with the father. But for us, when we are walking in the flesh, we are looking as the world would see us. All right. And this is how a lot of times bad decisions are made 
when people are put in positions of, of authority, all right, because they're not looking within. They're not looking, seeing what's inside of that person's heart, what's coming out of their mouth. Are they speaking heavenly things or are they speaking worldly things only? All right. So it's a lot to learn in this uh, when you are in a position of authority. All right. You need to see with the third eye, the, the eyes of the heart. When you're making these decisions, this is how the father operates. And we should be operating that way, too. If everyone operated that way in this day and age, we wouldn't have these problems because it would be kingdom building, not worldly building. All right. When I say kingdom building, that means doing things the way the father wants us to do it. All right. We wouldn't have all this stuff going on in this chaos in this world if we saw people with the third eye, meaning your heart. All right, now watch this. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. All right, now verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now, he was ruddy, with bright eyes, and good looking. All right, and the Lord said, Rise, anoint him, for this is the one. All right, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, right in front of him. <laughs> and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that very day forward. So from that day forward, David was anointed. All right, but you got to remember now, a lot of things that was not said at this point about David um, that Nobody knew but David and the father. All right. Now, David trusted the father because before he was anointed by uh, um, Samuel. He was out there fighting lions and bears and he trusted God for the victory. So there's a lot that was going on with David that none of the brothers knew or maybe they did. And maybe the father knew, but they did not take that as value in their sight, all right? But the father did, all right, because he trusted the, he trusted God to, to approach a bear and, and not fear your life being taken. There's a higher power that's working with you that's giving you that confidence in that power, all right? Now watch this. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah, all right? Verse 14, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Wow, so soon as David received that spirit, it left Saul, all right? And watch this, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. So there was consequences for being disobedient, all right? Now, <clears throat> a distressing spirit. Now, distressing, that's basically to afflict with great pain, anxiety, or sorrow, trouble, or worry, all right? So at this point, Saul was just worried. He was anxious. I mean, it was consuming him. All right. So verse, verse 15, as it is written, and Saul's servant said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now come command your servants who are before you to seek out a man. Now, look at the words there that they're still using. Let our master now command your servants who are before you. So they start, Saul was still king at this point, but God didn't see him that way. 
The people did. But God didn't see. God moved on. He said, I, I, I'm moving on to somebody else. And this is King David. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens further on in this uh, story. But uh, verse 16. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful, who is a skillful player on the harp. And it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you and you shall be well. So this is something now that King Saul needed because he didn't have any peace. The peace of Jesus left. All right. So when that spirit that was upon him, Jesus spirit was upon him and it left a distressing spirit came in. He had no peace at that time. Now, it's a lot to learn in these verses. When you are, are anxious and sorrowful and troubled about this stuff in this world, what spirit are you listening to? All right. Whose spirit are you following? You know, if it's that if that's what's consuming you, you need to stop and analyze. Okay, something I need to I need to turn away from some of these things that I'm doing. And I need to get back into the word and, and follow Jesus. Follow me. This is, this, is what the, this is what the Lord said. You stop following me and you listen to the people. All right. What the world was telling you to do. All right. So when you when you're doing that, you're going to pick those spirits, these distressing spirits that the, the, the enemy has not changed his tactics. He's always trying to derail the plans of God. So you have to stay in the word. And when you stay in the word, the word of God is Jesus. Jesus is peace. The peace that the world cannot provide. So this is what left King Saul and the distressing spirit, the ways of the world came upon him. That heaviness, the worry, the anxiety, the worrying about tomorrow, this, that, the other. That was a part of his life now. All right. Because of what he in his disobedience, this is what happened. All right. He, he listened to the world instead of listening to what the father had commanded. All right. Now watch this. And it shall be that he will play it with his hands when the distressing spirit from God is upon you and you shall be well. So whenever King David came and played the harp, he had the peace come over. It calmed him down. And there's something to, to, to take out of this when you are in that rut and race of this world and just go, 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 go and not slowing down to listen to the voice of the Lord. You know, you need to find something to channel that peace within to calm you down, whether it be some some small, some soft listening music, you know, that calm music. To, to take your mind away from this world and get in tune with the spirit of Christ that should be within us. All right. Now watch this. Verse 17. So Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of his servants answered and said, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing a mighty man in valor, a man of power, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. All right. Therefore, Saul sent the messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. All right. Verse 22. Then Saul sent Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. 
And so it was, whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand, then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. You know, I think it was a lot more than just a harp. I think just the presence that David had, that anointing, that was peace in itself. Uh, and I think a lot that a lot of that had to do with that peace coming upon Saul and relaxing him, because those spirits within him, the distressing spirits, anxiety, all this hatred, fear, whatever it may have been, that's not coming from God. All right, I mean, he was sent by him, but that's not of his nature. So that is the nature of the world. All right. So, but when when David showed up, these 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 other spirits had to leave. You know what I'm saying? So, and along with, along with the music, which calmed him. All right. Now, let's go to First uh, Samuel chapter 18. All right. Now, verse 5. So, David went out wherever Saul sent him. Now, at this point, now, David is under Saul's command somewhat. Uh, I would say more in a mentorship and doing things that Saul wanted him to do. All right. <clears throat> so, Saul sent him. And David behaved wisely, all right? And Saul set him over the men of war, so he was getting promoted. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the, in, in the sight of Saul's servants, all right? Verse 6, now it had happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines that the women, all right? Now, the women started cheering, all right? had come out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang and decide, and danced and said, this is when everything just got bad for uh, King David. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Wow. <laughs> this made King Saul very angry, as it is written in verse 8. And the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. What more can, ha can he have but the kingdom? All right, so now remember now, he's already been anointed, all right, because he had to be picked out of the sons of Jesse's now, all these things are happening with King David, and Saul is watching this stuff. All right, so his his jealousy now is just just exploding inside, right? So he got very angry and was displeased with him and said, "They have ascribed to David ten thousands. I'm the king, and ascribed me only thousands. Wow!" And, and, and think about this for a second: for them to sing and say that out loud. And disgrace the king in those days they could have been beheaded. I mean, if he if the king wanted, he could have he could have went in there and slew all them for that. But he didn't. All right. But this bothered him. It just eroded, it just, just just started eroding his insides. I mean, that jealousy just started eating inside. I mean, look look what's written. They have ascribed David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So so Saul eyed David from that day forward. That was nothing that David can do in Saul's eyes from that point on. Just because of, the, of what happened publicly, 
All right. Just because of what was done for King David and what was said for King David and not for King Saul, jealousy got the better of him and he could not let it go. There was nothing that would allow him to let it go. As we know, Saul hunted David down for years to kill him. I mean, he would invite him over that cunningness, all these things, that wicked spirit of cunningness, deception, all these things, calling him in only just to kill him. Wow. I mean, it just got bad with jealousy. That jealousy got the better of him. That's why I said jealousy blinds. That's the name of this message. When someone is appointed to a position higher than you, and you feel like you should have been that person being rewarded, don't allow that spirit of jealousy to get in you because it just hinders the blessings. And that is not coming from the Father. Jealousy is not a part of God's nature, only that he's jealous for us. All right. When I say jealous for us, meaning he does not want us destroyed with the world. He does not want us in the world system. He jealously seeks us out to get us back into the kingdom. That's the only type of jealousy the father has. He does not want us destroyed, all right? So as, as I said, Saul hunted David down for years to kill him, but the Lord was with David, all right? David had two opportunities to avenge himself, all right? One was when Saul went into the cave to relieve himself, David cut his robe just to show him, hey, listen, you had your back turned. I had the opportunity. I did not do it because I value the father more than I value myself. And I want to stay in obedience and right standing with the father. I am not going to do this. Furthermore, King David kept saying, you are his anointed. I will not kill his anointed one. I am not going to do that. Although David been anointed, he still would not do it. All right. And, and there's a lot to be said about King David in this um, in his character. He understood that he didn't want that blood on his hands. He didn't he didn't want that. He understood vengeance belongs to the father. It's not for us to avenge ourselves. That belongs to the father. King David, he had the opportunity and he didn't do it. The second time is when Saul and his army went out seeking him to destroy him. And they went to sleep, and, and, the, and God put them in a cast a heavy sleep on them where they couldn't hear them. David took his sword that was right by his face. He had his, his sword st uh, stuck in the ground, and he slept by his sword. David picked that thing up and walked off with it. And when they woke up, he showed Saul, hey, listen, I have your sword here. I was that close. I could have taken your life, but I did not. I spared your life. Why? Because he honored God's anointing. He, he, he did not, he did not want to do anything that was going to jeopardize his standing with the father, the right standing with the father. He wanted to stay in, in good relations with God. He did not want that hatred of, of, of avenging yourself to hinder his blessings. He, he understood that. So he spared Saul many times, but Saul, Saul didn't care. Saul at every opportunity, every opportunity, even when he, he, he summons King David in to play his harp, he would take the sword and, and throw it at him. And David would just, by the grace of God, 
be able to escape that. And that, that happened on a couple of occasions. And David was like, what's going on with him? Every time he, he, he calls me in to do, and I'm doing it, I have not offended. I have not disobeyed. I've done everything he's asked, and he's still trying to kill me. Why? Because he was jealous. The jealousy from that very point on when those women publicly praised King David, King Saul could not let that go. Jealousy got the better of him. So we must be very careful not to let that spirit of jealousy to get into our heart. You, you gotta, you, things will happen in this, in this life. Yes. And you do have emotions. I understand. But we are to walk in the spirit. And if you are walking with Jesus, things that happen that, you know, it shouldn't have happened the way it happened, that you should have been promoted. Don't get jealous. Don't get angry. Bless those folks. Praise them. I mean, because all promotions come from above, whether it came to you or not. A lot of times the enemy have people in these positions and they don't want God's people to elevate because the whole atmosphere will change. And that's what they don't want that. They want this worldly stuff to keep going. All this chaos to keep going. All the gossip to keep going. These are the people that's in charge. They are feeding the flesh, the flesh nature. They're not, they're not uh, operating in the spirit of Christ. So my point is, don't get mad and upset and jealous at those when they get promoted. Don't do it because, because God is looking at you and how you are going to respond. He's looking at you. All right. Be like King David. You know, don't, don't, don't take that low, uh, road of hatred and bitterness don't allow that to get in your spirit take the high road think on the things above think of what jesus said and how we should walk and how should, how we should talk and how we should interact don't be like that don't allow jealousy to uh, get into your spirit because when that spirit of jealousy gets in everything within that spirit will start coming out of your mouth and this is what condemns us, all right? So your words is what, our words is what we're going to be judged by. So when, when, when things happen in this life that is out of your hand, leave it in God's hands, all right? God sees it all. He sees it all. And in time, things will happen in your life that God has for you and his purpose for you, all right? What you think you may deserve, God saying, "That's I have something better than that." You 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 got that the bar too low. All right, that bar is not set high. You need to set it a little bit higher. The things that I have, my plans are for you are yes and amen, the best. All right, so he's God promotes the best. He's not trying to just have you settle. All right, so in short, don't allow yourself to get jealous. All right, don't don't be like King Saul. Don't. And, you know, you're going to have the, the, the voices. Wow. She got she got overlooked again. He got overlooked again. Don't listen to all that because these voices are the voices of the world. That, that's seeds that's trying to be planted in your mind and in your spirit. Now have that jealous spirit move in and have you start thinking on those same uh, thoughts. All right. So that you don't want. All right. We are here to please the father, to walk in the spirit, not the world. All right. So, in short, David took the high road. He, he understood that by t 
taking another man's life or doing something of that nature is not coming from the spirit of the father. Unless God commands you and you clearly can hear his voice, you know, in his case, in King David's case, he would have followed through, of course. But that's not what God was telling him. All right. So he, he was obedient. Now, David understood that. David understood that vengeance belongs to the Lord and hatred and bitterness is a demonic spirit. So he forgave Saul each time, but he just couldn't figure Saul out. He was, he's like, why does he keep calling me over for this? And I, I do these things and he's trying to take my life, you know, but you know, you're going to have people in this world for whatever reason or aren't going to like you. All right. You just some things you just won't be able to control. All right. So don't try to control it. What you need to do is be in control of yourself and keep yourself in tune and in line with the word. Don't get derailed by the enemy. That's his objective to keep you from walking in that perfect will and plan and purpose that the father has for you and for all of us. All right. So with that being said, keep God first. And all the things that your heart's desires will be added. All right. Put him first in everything. Amen. And God bless.